100,000? I'm sorry, I can't afford that, not on my salary. But look, I'll tell you what, I got a better idea. Here. Now, let me say I, uh, I take the whole stash off your hands for free. And you assholes can go no. to jail. Hey, what do you whoa, say about that? Now I can read you guys your rights, but now nah, you guys already know what your rights are, don't you? <laughs> this badge ain't real. You ain't real. Oh, you sure are a crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm crazy? Yeah. yeah. How are you calling me crazy? crazy? You think yeah. I'm crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you want to see crazy? I'll tell you. <laughs> now, that's a real badge. I'm a real cop, and this is a real fucking gun. Welcome, people. We're hoping for uh, a technical difficulty-free uh, recording of Dude and a Monkey this week. It is episode 88. Uh, I am your host, oh, co-host, Mark Foster, and I'm joined, as ever, by... Ian Loring, recording on an iPad, so if I sound weird this week, that'll be why. Yes, because you've been paint, Loring paint this, uh, this place, haven't you? This weekend. Has it, has, it, has it been a, a, a wondrous and magical occasion? It's just been an organisational fuck right off of a week. But, uh, you know, hey. Mm. Um, and, 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 Ian, we, we forgot this last year and we forgot this again this year. We're, we're two years old. Are we? We are two years old. Our first, our first kind of episode, which was episode zero, an introduction to see if people might actually listen, uh, was released on the 11th of November, and our first actual proper episode was the 19th of November. So a little bit after, and not quite now, but I think that'll be Wednesday, I believe, over the 19th. But we're in between when we actually officially decided and put stuff out there. So yeah, so we're we're two years old now. Um, by the way, I don't think I can add a certain person, so could you do it on your end? I certainly can. Yes, I, I am calling said certain person now, I think. This, this, this could be where all of our technical issues come back to haunt us again. Oh, God, don't. Hello. They haven't. Hello, Noel. How are hey, you? How's it going, gents? You're live on Dude and a Monkey. Please don't swear. Please don't say fuck our bugger. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hello. 
as you might have guessed, people, we are joined this week by uh, Noel Meller. Hello. Um, he's going to be joining us because this week we are talking about the film Starry Eyes is our feature review. Um, we're also starting a new marathon, uh, which is going to be based around unsung Scorsese films. Um, haven't come up with a title yet, but I did come up with an amusing title when I was drunk last night, uh, which Becky laughed at and said, that is terrible, you might have to use that. What's the title? Um, it's called Denier Nope, DiCapri No, Scorsese Yo. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait to hear you say that on every episode going forward <laughs> well. yeah, that's a mouthful that is <laughs> yes yeah uh, but that was after half a bottle of red wine and about uh, eight bottles of <laughs> of cars and, uh, can, I make a, can I make another suggestion actually is oh, this... yes, please go ahead <laughs> no, no 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 not on the name but um, funnily enough I noticed the other day somebody had put up on YouTube um, the episode of Amazing Stories, which was directed by Martin Scorsese. Um, so it's only a half-hour uh, thing, and it's obviously it's a TV show, but might be interesting to throw that in there. I don't think it's. I don't know if it's like not been made available before or what, or it was only shown on TV once. But um, uh, might be I'll interesting. Tell, to... I'll tell you what. Why don't you do it on on the the spin-off TV bastardization <laughs> podcast with Judith Monkey that you two are going to be doing? Yes, if, if you guys want to explain uh, what we, what me, myself, and Noel are going to do, um, we are, are going to talk about TV. Uh, not this week. Uh, in approximately just over three weeks' time, uh, myself and Noel are going to do a special bonus, almost like a little a little TV Christmas gift uh, for anybody out there who gives a shit. We're going to talk about the TV series Sons of Anarchy, uh, because it finishes on December the 2nd. Uh, so we're going to go through what we thought of the last series and just give a general kind of a history of um, what we how we've seen Sons of Anarchy over the past sort of seven years. Yeah, just jerking each other off, basically. It basically is going to be that. And probably, <laughs> probably, probably emotionally holding each other um, because it'll have ended by then. Um, but yeah, also on this week's show, we're going to chat some trailers, we do some questions, and we're going to do some one old and one new. How long have we got you, Noel? Uh, I'm basically free. I'm, I'm, I'm good for as long as you'll have me. Cool. Awesome. Right. Um, well, have you ever seen Scorsese's After Hours, Noel? I have, actually, yeah. It was a long time ago, though. <laughs> do you want to give us some co- colour commentary on that, or should we maybe leave that section? But, yeah, to be honest with you, I'd be useful. I'd be useless. It was a couple of years ago, and, I, and just I'm trying to remember it now, and I don't really remember it at all. <laughs> I definitely saw it. Though. Cool. Well, what I'll say then is, um, guys, what trailers have you watched this week? Um, I can't remember, so I'm going to get trailer addict up. Uh, Noel, have you seen any at all? Um, I might have done, but I will just need to take a look for myself. Surely, surely you've both watched the extended Avengers one. Nope. You've not? Um, When you say extended, is it the one with the sort of clip at the beginning where they're all sat around messing about with Thor's Uh, hammer? There was another one this year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I noticed there was another one and I intentionally didn't watch it because I've I've seen my... I've seen the one, the first trailer with the attached 
um, scene that I just mentioned. And that's it for me now. I don't. I'll be avoiding all trailers of that film. Yeah, I, I watched the, uh, the, the the most recent one, and to be honest, couldn't uh, even notice the difference between the the other one. Really, to be honest, it was. It it, it it seems like there might be extra bits in there, but I think you'd have to watch one straight after the other to actually yeah. ever really notice. Uh, it's it's one of those. It's you know, it's the same old argument with these these Marvel films. It's like. Avengers Age of Ultron. I'm already in. You don't need to try. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, but I have actually, I'm just, just looking now, I have actually um, watched a couple of trailers. So uh, I'll quickly mention one. Um, the Cobbler, the new Adam Sandler. Um, oh, yeah, the Tom McCarthy-created one, yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's weird because, like, it started, and when, when it started, when I first... You know, when it first gets going, the trailer, it feels a little bit like, oh, he's doing another kind of punch drunk lovey kind of um, tone type thing. Um, but then as the trailer goes on, it sort of turns into something. All, it, it turns into something a bit sillier and well, a lot sillier and much more typical of Adam Sandler and much more typical of the sort of fake trailers that he put in. Uh, was it? Um, funny people um it, it's so it kind of goes in that direction which is a bit of a shame because i fucking love punch drunk love and i would love it if he did something else like that but um yeah halfway the halfway through the trailer he turns into method man and and you know starts mugging at the screen and stuff and it's just like ah right okay so it's it's just another one of those uh high concept adam adam sandler things that he knocks out in the course of a course of a week and makes a few fucking million from written and directed by the guy who did state the station agent and win win and i mean like the win win was one of my favorite films of the year it came out that that film's terrific and it's i've i've heard of this and apparently the, the, the reviews coming out of toronto were basically toxic um, so I, I, I can't imagine I'm going to go anywhere near it, but it just, it's a weird combination of filmmaker and actor. And it's, I mean, like Adam Sandler, he's in that new Jason Nyman film, men, women, and children as well. And it kind of feels like this year he's trying to go for the, all right, maybe I'll try and have people take me seriously route. And then next year it'll be directly back to how he, how he was before. I think he's gone too far down one road to ever come back now. Yeah. It really seems that way, doesn't it? Two grown-ups films now, hasn't he? So it's you know. Yeah. I think Jack and Jill was the, the is was the one for me where you sort of when I saw the trailer for that, I genuinely couldn't believe it was ha- it was actually happening. It felt so much like a fake trailer um, that yeah, he he's beyond silly. And I think it's it's telling as well with the the deal, the Netflix deal he's done as well. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it it doesn't matter, does it? He's not going to run short of cash anytime soon. Netflix so. rhymes with wet chicks. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it is. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I mean, on his slate coming up, he's got. He's in Paul Blart Mall Cop Two, which yes, there's a Paul Blart Mall Cop Two coming See out. It? There's yeah, a trailer for it as well. He's in it, he's, he's, it? It'll be a brief cameo where he'll probably end up playing himself and he'll be in the mall or something like that, where he literally has turned up for the day. He also produced it, I think. And uh, Hotel Transylvania is getting a sequel. I didn't hate Hotel Transylvania, but it's one of the mo- more pointless CG animated films I've seen in a while. And it's 
I mean, that one is weird as well. It was directed by uh, Jendi Tarkovsky, who did, um, who made Samurai Jack and the, uh, the the original Star Wars Clone Wars cartoons, and yeah. it. Um, and now he's doing a CG version of Popeye. Popeye, uh, I think, yeah, 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 I like that, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I saw a bit of, um, I don't know what you'd call it, a bit of a, a sort of test, um, test yeah. footage from that a bit ago, and yeah. it, it looked very. Um, it looked very accurate that they've literally just made a sort of slightly more photorealistic version of the cartoon of Popeye. So it's, it's, it's pretty weird looking. Mm, yeah. But I, I don't, I just, Adam Sandler, I just, I don't care. I like, I, I genuinely, I don't care. And with every single film he seems to be making, he's just kind of making sure he'll be less and less of a legend when, when he dies, mm. you know, it, it's, I, I, I don't know. Like, can you imagine anyone talking about him like or his overall career in the same kind of way that people talk about like Richard Pryor or Christ, even John Candy or Robin Williams, you know, mm. it just, that that's not, that's not going to happen. I mean, I mean, he's gone low brow and whenever he tries to go high brow, punch drunk love aside, it seems to go wrong. Yeah. He's yeah. He's just, his low brow has got has gotten far too low, and his eyebrow, his, his his attempts at eyebrow have just got a little bit. He's phoning in the wrong ones. Mm. Well, that's the thing as well. I think that's that that's how it comes across as well. It comes across like he really doesn't care, and he's just like knocking this shit out. Like it doesn't. You never really get the the feeling that that any of the films that he's putting out, certainly these, you know, the low brow stuff. It really doesn't feel like he's trying at all. It's just like, well, they'll fucking swallow anything, so I'll put it out and make a few mil. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Uh, anything else you guys have seen? Oh, I mean, yeah, I've, I've seen a few, but no, was that it for you? Or um, well, also because I hate myself and because I don't watch trailers for movies that I actually want to see, I watched the the Fifty Shades of Grey trailer. Oh, <laughs> I did as well. That thing is fucking hilarious. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> Do you know what? It is really bad. It's, I was actually in a kind of perverse way was looking forward to uh, Fifty Shades of Grey because I wanted to see a big budget erotic thriller. And then they cast Jamie Dornan in it, who, who constantly looks like his puppy has just died. And I'm supposed to believe that he's this powerful, you know, stern businessman who has all this deviant behaviour. It's like, it, the whole crux of it seems to be, you need to stay away from me. Why? Because you like bondage. I, I mean, is there it? It almost makes me go, fucking hell, should I, should I just, over a weekend, because I don't think it'd be difficult to, I get the feeling it's the sort of thing that's written in bold and double-spaced, but should I just read this book to see to see what's going on in this movie, so I probably don't have to go and see the said fucking movie? This is the thing as well, it's, it's almost like, how bad is the bondage? Because I just get the feeling that it's quite tame, really. Yes. I mean, there's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be cramming anal beads up his ass or anything like that, is he? Or like, you know what I mean? Or introducing goats or anything it's not what well, i want to know if, if, if there is <laughs> it's tying if, up with silk ties and, and some gentle slapping yeah, isn't it really it's not yeah, it, it literally is it's, it's it's like a beginner's guide to bondage set that you got from Anne yeah. summers one weekend and went yeah. oh god i'm such a terrible person oh it's because my mother didn't hug me it's, it's not. It's not like. It's not like Marilyn Manson reading you Emily Bronte poems. And... <laughs> it's not. It's not even. It's not even that. It's not even that magical. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I will say, it looks good. I think, like, it did the cinematography 
feels quite polished and it mm. it just it, it feels like weird just that it look that much effort being put into the frame when it's Dakota Johnson being spanked by Jamie Do- Dornan. It, it's just, which, it's it, a... should, it should be the other way around. She looks like she'd go, do you know what we should do? What? We should get into a bit, uh, a bit of S&M and he'd go, oh, I don't know about that. And there's, there's actually a point in the trailer where she says, why would he look at me? I mean, look at me. Why do you pay attention? <laughs> I mean, look at me. It's like, what? It's fucking seriously. You played the girl in the little pants in the social network in that one scene. You're Don Johnson's daughter. People will look at you. Yeah, you are. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, sweetheart. You're you're stunning. <laughs> you're, yeah. There is that. There is not. It, 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 they they have almost gone. Well, what can we do to make her less stunning? I know what. Put her hair up and put her in glasses and a cardigan. Boom. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, is I aren't. While I was watching the trailer, I did start to think to myself that this could potentially be another sort of Twilight type thing for me. Like I might go and watch it at the cinema just to sort of, oh, I'm just going. To, to sort of people watch a little bit. Um, so I started to think that, and then I kind of thought, well, no, because if I go and sit in a room full of middle-aged women watching Fifty Shades of Grey on my own, that's not going to look right. So, um, I, yeah, I, I am maybe going, I won't. I am going on opening night on my own. <laughs> <laughs> on my own, and I'm going to clap and cheer every fucking scene. Dude. Do you know what, though? The other thing that I thought watching this trailer is somewhere Charlie Hunnam is breathing a big sigh of yes. relief. He's <laughs> looking at it going, hmm... Crimson Tide with Guillermo del Toro. Crimson Tide with Crimson Tide. Crimson Tide, not Crimson Peak, sorry. Crimson Peak um, uh, with what? del Toro or Ovis. Crimson Peak. Yeah, Crimson Peak. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I thought I thought you were right. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no. um, or, or, or this. Hmm, I wonder what might work. Well, uh, apparently, the, the, apparently the, the reason why... Um, the Fifty Shades of Grey thing didn't happen with Hunnan is they told him one shooting schedule and then moved it back like three or four months and it meant it, they were saying oh you'll have to shoot um, sons around Fifty Shades of Grey and his exact response was fuck off nowhere yeah and they said well well that's take it or leave it and he went all right See I'll leave then bye <laughs> and they were apparently quite shocked about it that he did that. Well, I'm, I'm glad he did because I think just at the moment, if these trailers were coming out and he was appearing on marketing for this, it would it would slightly tarnish the the end of this Sons of Anarchy yeah. run. So, yeah. Right. Did anyone catch anything else? I think I caught another couple. Ian, did you catch out else? Yeah, uh, the tra- uh, new trailer for Mordecai. The um, Johnny Depp continues to imagine he's peter sellers and everyone treats him as such film which uh i yeah i don't know it's johnny depp coming up with a bunch of stupid shit it screams it will be on netflix by the end of next year and i'll watch it then um and i also watched the trailer for some reason to uh, night at the museum free secret of the tomb it's got a monkey in it it's also got dan stevens playing lancelot which kind of intrigues me a little bit yeah, because he yeah. looks like he is in full taking the piss mode. I won't lie; I'll happily watch it at home. Though yes. I mean, there's 
there's no way in hell I'd ever go to the cinema to see it. I mean, like, like you know, with Lottie not even being one yet, I wouldn't. But, uh, yeah, I'll watch it at home. It, I mean, the Nightly Museum films, I think, are just harmless fun. They're, yeah. they're not particularly offensive to me. So, you know, and it looks like more of the same. Yeah, absolutely. That's it for me. Uh, right, I also watched the uh, trailer for Song One, um, which stars Anne Hathaway and Mary Steinberg. Uh, another one of those um, films about where somebody meets a musician at a, a poignant time in their life, and their music helps helps kind of heal some kind of. And I just gave up watching about halfway through because it just looks shite. Um, Escobar, Paradise Lost. Um... Hello. Yeah. Oh, sorry. There's a big, a big loud noise. Uh, Escobar Paradise Lost. Um, film of kind of about Pablo Escobar, but more about uh, the American, or oh, sorry, the Canadian uh, gentleman who married, ended up marrying his, I think it's his niece in the end, and ended up working for the Escobar organization, kind of against his will. Um, and in the end, ended up being used as kind of a conduit for the um, CIA to get to uh, Escobar. Um, and finally, watch the uh, Insurgent trailer uh, as well. The new, the next in the Divergent series movies. They're now called apparently. Hello. That? Now, they're now. That's how. They, that's how they're built now. The Divergent series. Um, Insurgent. The, the Divergent. Oh series yeah. Yeah. Insurgent. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and the problem is, is I, I now can't at any point, and not that I was busting to watch this movie, but I now can't watch any of it because in the opening bit when Shailene Woodley's there, I, I thought, why has she got Phil Neville's hair? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it now. <laughs> I can't get. I can't get, you know, like when you see those gifts and people put Roy Hodgson's face on things that have happened in gifts, and, and that kind of thing happens. Now all I see is is just Phil Neville's face <laughs> on Shirley Woodley, so that's pretty much knackered that film series for me, to be honest. Nice. Which I'm not actually that bothered about, really. I, I would much prefer it to be Phil Neville uh, rather than Shirley Woodley because it might make it more interesting. That, that, I mean, the Divergent films just feel like films that like the most unassuming films to make 300 million dollars worldwide yeah you know like the, the first one is fine but <laughs> it's way too long and it just feels like it's cherry picking bits from countless other young adult adaptations and uh, it just whatever i mean i i haven't seen the trailer the post is kind of intriguing but apparently most of the novel takes place you know on a farm so in the film they're doing a lot of like the kind of training in an alternate reality bollocks to actually try and have stuff that looks cinematic yeah that wouldn't surprise me um other than that that that's it for this week on trailers for me cool cool right um we're going to talk about our main review. It is the uh, horror film that's just come out on US VOD. Um, it was a Kickstarter campaign movie. Uh, so we're going to play a trailer from Starry Eyes and then we're going to get into it. Welcome to Big Taters. My name is Sarah. Can I start you guys off with an order of our Freedom Tots? We got all these people, all our friends, they're just sitting around trying to figure out what to do, trying to figure out how to make something. 
i thought you were avoiding me. why would you think that? because i stole your role. come on with you lately. i work so hard every week. it's a new class, a new audition. hopefully you'll see something in me. i know i'd do great for this. we'll be in touch. takes for this role. Um, so that was a trailer there for Starry Eyes, um, like I say, a Kickstarter-funded film, uh, directed by and I think written by Kevin Kolosh and Dennis Widmeyer, and stars Alex Essio uh, as a girl called Sarah, who is working at a local food joint, but also is wanting to be an actress. Uh, a group of friends are all wanting to make it in the movie business somehow, but Sarah seems to have um, issues uh, going around. One of them is that she seems to get angry and pull her own hair out. Uh, no, Starry Eyes. Yeah, so uh, I saw Starry Eyes probably uh, how many weeks back now? It was at, it was at Grimfest, so it was a, a few weeks back. Um, and I'd literally, I picked it out basically for two reasons. One, I really liked the poster. I don't know if you've seen the poster, but it's fucking gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, um, box. The poster's really nice. House of the Devil kind of reminiscent. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Oh, is that the one with her in the middle and the shadowy figures behind? Yes. It's like, yeah, it is a really yeah. nice poster. Because there are a couple floating about, but that particular one is 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 cracking. Really, really nice poster. Um, and it also just kind of fit in with... Um, I knew that I had a day at, at Grimfest and I knew that I wanted to see Wolf Cop um, and I kind of wanted to see Life After Beth as well and Starry Eyes was on and I was like, all right, screw it, I'll watch this. Um, and it it really, really, really kind of blew me away when I saw it. I really, really enjoyed it, partially because I wasn't expecting very anything from it. I didn't know anything about it going in, um, but also just because it, it's really kind of my type of thing. Um, I think it's very, very stylish. Um, I really like the the idea of the sort of... Um, I really like secret society stuff. So, you know, the fact that something's going on behind closed doors, I really enjoy that type of stuff. Um, I like films that have a sort of one central female in peril type thing. Um and yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I don't think the second half is as strong as the first half. 
Um, but overall, I, I thought it, it's beautiful to look at. Um, in parts, it's it's very beautiful to look at. Um, it it has a, a really nice feeling to it. Um, and the the lead actress um, Alex Esso, aside from being stunning to look at, um, she's she's really good in it. So uh, I I thought it was absolutely cracking. Cool, Ian, go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought it was all right. I'm <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, the the thing is. I, I would have enjoyed more secret society stuff or mm. like more character stuff with her or I would have enjoyed it as a short film. But as it is, it kind of feels like it's between two pillars. And I, I, I mean, the, I mean, I, I WhatsApp Noel about half an hour in saying I was really intrigued and I very, very much was. Um, but after about the halfway point, there's a good 20, 25 minute stretch where I was dropping out of it. And there's there's a couple, a, a few sequences of kind of kills, which are, I mean, I, I thought that actually I thought that the makeup effects for them and generally in the film were, were really, really solid. Um, but I, I was finding it a little bit well i was quite enjoying the mystery of the first half of the film now i'm just watching her going around you know in a rage and killing a bunch of people what's you know why and then it, it kind of ramped up the interest again but with only like 10 minutes to go and i was kind of wanting to see some more of the you know uh sports spoilers all the time but you know when she's kind of reborn um mm. And what was happening there, I thought that was kind of interesting, but it, instead it kind of ends. So it just, it didn't do enough with the stuff that I was intrigued by, and it did too much of the stuff that I wasn't intrigued by. Um, however, I mean, that, that first, the first half hour, 40 minutes in particular, like the weird auditions she does, yeah. and that's that sequence of the second audition where it's just like the flashing light, and you're just seeing flashes of her. It, it's incredibly well directed in those moments i just I, I i i like i say i wish there was either less of it or more of it cool mark hello yeah uh sorry about that um yeah i was it's uh... like your batteries run out then it was just like <laughs> <"Ooh."> <laughs> um, days off i'm kind of a, a little bit in between where both you are there really i think um i, I thought think it. i will i will say I don't, I don't hate the film by any means. Um, I was very much in the sense of, for start off, I expected it to be a little bit weirder than it was. Um, well, and it's pretty I, weird, mind, but yeah, but when you have, a, if you put a, a quote on a trailer that says um, something along the lines of, um, if David Lynch and David Cronenberg got together and made a film about Hollywood, this would be it. I was thinking. I'd like it to be... I was thinking, right, great, that's going to be fucking weird. And it was just... It, it was just a bit weird. I want it to be a well, bit weirder. Well, I think that weirder is... I mean, I want a bit more of that that secret society element to it. I want it to delve more into that and less into the uh, Friends kind of era that we kind of went, went down towards. But what I did really like about it is the fact that essentially not 
not a lot happens really in terms of kind of like there's a lot of building to stuff but that was going on for a good sort of 40 minutes and at no point during that did i did, did it ever drop my attention i got to like 40 minutes and thought this is building to something rather than it's it started to show me what it's been building to but it was a good 40 minutes in and sometimes what what more modern horror films can do is they can go big to start and then drop and then build back up and try and go big again and it just doesn't work whereas with this it had me all the time i was i was ticking along nicely with it and i was i was with it all the time um and then it did get to a point where i thought right so you've just is, is that it? But then it, it did kind of pull me back with the, the rebirth bit and everything like that. Um, I, I literally stopped watching it about half an hour ago, so it's still kind of just sort of settling with me. Uh, but I, I really liked it. it. It's stylish as fuck. I like the the ideas behind it. I like the the sound design, whether or not it was by design or whether or not it's just because it, it's quite a low-budget film. But it, it felt quite kind of sparse and quite airy, and I think that added to the eeriness of it. Yeah, I think I, I definitely agree that there is a sort of um, when it gets into sort of the kills and stuff like that, it does feel a little bit like uh, the writers, writer and directors, they kind of they had a great idea and they were exploring something really interesting. And then they sort of reached reached a point and they weren't quite sure what to do next. And it sort of treads water a little bit and then, like you say, sort of pulls it back. Even though. Um, I, I will just say, though, I really, really, really liked the fact that they build up the bitch girl to be such a bitch yeah. and then play, pay off with her essentially being killed three times. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was a really, really good knowing touch. Yeah. And fair play. I, I, I did actually enjoy that aspect quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 like you say, they did build that up very nicely. But yeah, I think that one of the sort of the major things for me was was the style of it, the look of it, the the feel of it, and it, sure. I think in many respects it, it it reminded me a little bit of another film that divided me and Ian a while back, um, a film called Excision, which I loved, and Ian, you didn't like it, did you? Oh, I wasn't big on Excision. No. Though. Yeah, you but, see, so, I, I really liked Excision, and um, Becky hated it. I can understand why somebody would hate that totally. Yeah. But I, yeah. I actually really quite liked it. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. But, you know, it it reminded me a little bit of Excision. It re- reminded me a little bit of, of Amir. Um, obviously, it doesn't go as far as, as that in terms of art. It is quite a sort of... Um, it is quite a standard narrative, really. It, it, like you say, it's, it's not as weird as it potentially could have been. Although I would say... Uh, I don't know who it was that came up with that quote, or if it's from a review or what, but... Um, that really is classic. I mean, this has just got festival film written all over it. Oh, and that, yeah. that is classic festival marketing, that just to say, you know, if David Lynch and David Cronenberg had a... Yeah, it's, that's it, yeah, it, it, classic it's, it's festival those, marketing. Yeah, it's one of those kind of lines where you, you try to get two different type of audiences who might have similar interests to yeah. watch one film. But... Yeah. I mean, there's some there's some great imagery in it and some great shots. I mean, like I think Ian mentioned it earlier, the the what's it scene, the second audition scene yeah. is a great scene. And her performance in in those audition scenes are, are really really interesting as well. Like I found those two scenes just properly could not take my eyes off the screen. 
Mm. Um, and I think you know a lot of it had to do with with how far she goes with stuff and and how convincing she is. Uh, and, my, and can I just say once again, yeah. she is fucking beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, her teeth, I, I found a little bit, but um, that's being really picky. But... I like, I like, I like a girl with a lot of teeth. I'm a big um, fan of Alex Jones from the One Show, so you know, yeah, a lot of teeth. Um, but uh, I mean, if there was one thing I didn't really like about the, the the first half of the film, I would say that the the guy who plays like the casting director or the producer or whoever he is. Um, I could have I could have done with him not being as obviously off. Oh, uh, I kind of liked that. <laughs> I thought the woman actually did a really good job. Where, like, she is off, but at the same time, she is still kind of going through the motions in a somewhat ordinary way. But then you've got that guy who just it, it just there's obviously something wrong wrong with him from the off, and it just it felt a bit. That, a, a little bit too he's, he's to me. Um, but you know, I mean, but uh, I mean, that's that's a small complaint because, like I say, for the first forty minutes or so, the first forty minutes of this film and the last ten, I really, really enjoyed. The half an hour in between, there's stuff I didn't get on with. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the the leading girl is is very good. You completely believe her as you know, one of these girls who finds themselves in LA and she thinks she's going to hit it big and she's trying and trying and trying. And I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I got her sense of kind of desperation by the time she like sucks demon cock or whatever the, the fuck was going on in that bit. Um, I, you know, I understood that. And um, I mean, I, I thought the cast all did really well. I mean, the, the, the bitchy girl I thought was fantastic. Just, Every single line that came out of her mouth was so fucking acidic. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm actually liking the film a little bit more than I was at the start of the review, I, I will say. But I, I do, I again, I, if this has taught me anything, is that I should stop listening to Noel's horror recommendations because I'm always <laughs> going to be disappointed. <laughs> I think it's one of those strange films where... <laughs> Sorry, I expected no. something. I expected something <laughs> sort of quite different. Uh, so I was quite. Cause it, I watched the trailer, but it, I, the trailer didn't actually give that much away of what's going on in the film, and it, it paints quite a different film. So I was quite pleasantly surprised that this was actually quite a, a slow burner, and it, it, you know the performances were all quite good, and it didn't try and beat me over the head with a um, a hipster soundtrack or anything like that. Um, oh, soundtrack, by the way, the score's awesome. The score's great. It, it, like you said, that's very. Um, there's a there's a definite kind of style in there. You can tell whose films they've been looking at um, and watching before they've made this film. It, it felt part of a certain world, uh, and you know that's that's a world of films that, that that I watch as well. So I like that, and I like the fact that it didn't it didn't resort to the sort of current horror tropes that that we get. You know, the, at no point did I think I'm gonna get an air raid siren at some point. I never had that, um, and I, I really enjoyed that about it. And I would much prefer to have stuff like this getting played in the cinema than things like um, Ouija and shit like that that's out there. I think another thing as well is, like, obviously, you know, this is a horror film, and there's in the first sort of forty minutes, or, or let's say the first half of it, you 
you really do get sort of scenes of uh, like stressful scenes let's say so that there are those sort of horror elements in there but i quite enjoyed it when it was in its downtime as well when it was just character stuff i thought some of the stuff between um alex esso and uh pat healy who's the guy who plays her um her boss at the um at the at the chicken shack or whatever the fuck it is that she works for i thought the sequences between them were great i really enjoyed him and his sort of um you know small man syndrome thing that he was kind of that that was going on with him you know the fact that he's kind of i don't know he's he's trying to sort of prove that he's got something that's worthwhile in this this small business but actually everybody knows it's just a bunch of bullshit um and, you know, I, I really enjoyed the stuff that was going on when she wasn't directly going through horrible things with the casting people. Um, so, yeah, it, it's I enjoyed I enjoyed all of it. So good. Nice. Um, Ian, have you got anything else you want to add on, on, on Starry Eyes? No, no. I mean, I just I for, for genre fans, it's definitely a recommend. Um I mean, like the technical aspects, I think are actually all pretty great. I mean, like, some good I, kills. I, sorry, There's some great kills. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I really the the the, the makeup effects and whatnot, like I said earlier, really are fantastic. And like the look to her as she's kind of devolving, I, you know, was 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 fantastic. And the uh, that that kind of like that image of her kind of re- being born out of that kind of like embryo thing was uh, I you know not original but pretty striking still but um yeah I, I so definitely I mean a recommend for genre fans it's 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 a mild definitely not shit for me but it's definitely not shit and I I I I think that this review has kind of taken me from a touching cloth to a definitely not shit it's so a good work both of you cool uh no where where do you stand on it I think we both know we all we all, we all know but where do you stand on it yeah, definitely not shit. I'll, I, I'll eat this type of stuff up all day. Nice. So yeah, definitely not shit. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the definitely not shit uh, pile. Um, I, to be honest, nowadays whenever I go into watching a, a modern horror film, I always go in going, oh please don't be shit, please don't be shit, please don't be shit, please don't be shit. Um, and then if it isn't shit, I kind of go, oh, oh, well this is alright then, and I can actually finally start start to relax. Whereas this. Within like minutes, it's like, oh, this is actually quite fucking interesting. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a definitely not shit on it. I think I will just say as well. I think um, I uh, when I saw this at Grim at Grimfest, I thoroughly enjoyed all three of the movies that I saw at Grimfest, and I think part of the reason for that um, because you know I think Ian, you've seen Wolf Cop as well, haven't you? Yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah you both seen. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not a great movie, but I really enjoyed it. And I think what happened that day is I was just I hadn't been to the cinema for a long time, and I hadn't seen any decent horror movies for a long time. I hadn't been to Grimfest in a few years, and I had a load of free time and a load of beers, and just was really in the mood to enjoy some horror movies. So I think that whole day I could have fucking sat through anything, um, and 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 still enjoyed it, but um. Yeah, so that bit of a disclaimer there. I was really fucking ready to enjoy all the movies that I saw that day. So, I mean, a bit of a disclaimer for me as well. I was like five beers in when I actually stuck this on yesterday, and also after a really, really full day of painting the house. So, um, I maybe came to it a little bit 
bleary-eyed and maybe my attention span wasn't quite as good as it might have been if I watched it earlier in the day. But I literally, I stuck it on at about half ten and I was five beers deep. So that definitely, definitely could be colouring my opinion. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Fair enough. Um, right, well, instead of doing... Um... Well, actually, that, 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 that's three, well, two and a half, I'd say, definitely not shit um, for no, Starry no, no. Eyes. It was a definitely not shit. You're it, definitely it, not shit, it, yeah. It was a definitely not shit. It just, it wasn't as much of a definitely not shit as you, three out of five. Cool. Um, well, instead of doing sort of one or one new, as, we, as we've got a guest, we'll do kind of like what we've been doing recently, more recently, which is just a, a general overview of what we've been watching, and we'll, we'll go into that. Uh, but first, uh, we'll play some promos, maybe, depending on whether or not I can actually get hold of them off my computer, uh, which is dead at the moment. So you oh, might hear some promos. We might... you, didn't put any in, you didn't put any in the last show, so... No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> That the, the, the last show's editing was literally <laughs> as slapdash as you can get. I love that. I love it. It's just like, right, and now we're just going to go to some promos. And we're back. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Good work, Mark. Yeah, because I realised after I'd started editing it that I didn't actually have the promos on my USB <laughs> and that my laptop's dead and I thought, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> I, I did to be I, I did um mark had to kind of save the day and edit last week's show but i will say mark you could have just asked me and i would have emailed you the fucking promos <laughs> and also noel's new promo was just sitting in our inbox as well was it uh well that, that, that'll definitely be in there there'll definitely be promos and then well, uh, well, well right i'll say it again we're gonna go to some promos and then we're gonna talk about some what we've been watching here's a promo for noel's book noel's yeah, got be- a book i believe it when i hear it Go and fucking download it, you knobs. Or you can't download it yet, but commit some fucking money to it. Yeah, Stop it. being a sponge. Stop sponging off wanting stuff for free off everyone, you sponges who listen to our free podcast. Instead of giving us money, chuck Nola tenor. It's a fucking tenor, you bell ends. Adventures <laughs> in VHS coming soon. Adventures in VHS.co.uk. I can't really argue with that. Adventuresinvhs.com, but yeah, yeah, oh. I can't really argue with that. <laughs> edit, edit oh, no, I've got to edit it. I'll let. No, I won't. No, don't, don't. Okay. Um... In a world without adventures in VHS, the book <laughs> comes a world with adventures in VHS, the book. Every journey begins in the mind. We're in, we're in trouble, Gary. This is highly illegal. In 2013, Noel Miller embarked on a series of VHS adventures that shook the world of podcasting to its very core. He's the kid everyone used to pick up. Now, through the power of the written word, he's back and ready to take those adventures to a whole new level. Described by its overzealous publisher as high fidelity for the video rental generation. And described by Mondo Movie Podcast Dan Audi as bringing the half-forgotten days of 80s video rental stores vividly back to life. It's moving, it's working, it's doing itself, it's working by itself. Adventures on VHS is an immersive trip through a long-forgotten era through some of the films that defined it. An experience too terrifying for words. Available to buy now from adventuresonvhs.com with a whole host 
host a fabulous full-color edition showcasing the glorious cover art of the VHS era. The story of one man's disturbing romance with an obsolete format and the weird and wonderful films that shaped his love of movies. And if this person is listening to my voice, I urge him in the name of law and order to desist from this one-man crusade. Adventures of VHS The Book. Buy it today. I'm going to kiss you. Your very life may just depend on it. And we're back. There was a promo. (laughs) We're back. There's a promo. (laughs) No, what have you been watching this week? Um, Right, well, I might as well settle an argument. Um... Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. All right, I need to hear this. I'm so fucking ready. Well, um, because I did hear uh, and very much enjoyed Mark's thoughts um, about the Babadook. Um, and again, the Babadook's one that's been knocking about for a bit. And I think, was it on it? Was it on at Fright Fest? Or... Yes, it was. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I heard some kind of buzz around it there. And it's then it was yeah, on it. Because... Big ticket film at Fright Fest this year, I think. Yeah. And there was some buzz around it at um, Grimfest as well. <clears throat> I'd seen a couple of uh, headlines about it being, you know, the horror of the year and a sort of, you know, this is what horror movies should be nowadays. So I was, I was, I was looking forward to it i don't think i was expecting too much from it but i was looking forward to it um and then hearing what mark had to say about it i was like oh fucking hell i've got to see this now <laughs> um do you know what i kind of agree with mark yes <laughs> hey 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 i am not sh- i can i just make it clear i'm not shouting at the rooftops about the babylon <laughs> 3.5 out of 5 man like I don't think it's massive great shakes either. So mm. it, I'm not I'm not gonna have an argument. I just let Mark fucking it, it, I, like just purge his soul on that review. I think the thing is though is it it really does come. It's unfortunate, but it comes down to um, the old thing about other people's opinions and. I just can't see what other people are seeing. Like. It, it was about, I think it was about 50 minutes into the movie, I realised that nothing had happened. Like, absolutely nothing had happened. And not in a good way, you know, not in a sort of slow build, tension kind of thing. Just nothing had happened. You, The, the two lead characters, um, this is one area where I, I do disagree with Mark, actually. Um, I quite liked the young lad in it. I know a lot of people hated him, but... I kind of felt quite bad for him. I I did sort of empathise with him. He did seem quite damaged, and I, I just, again, maybe this is a, 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 I'm a bit sort of more fatherly focused at the moment than Mark, who hates all children, including yeah. his own, probably. I don't know. Um, I do hate children. <laughs> but I, I kind of, I felt bad for the kid, and I wanted him to be okay, so I kind of got on board with that. The lead actress, I thought, was strong. I think that probably the one strong thing about the film is the way that it builds the um, the stress levels a little bit. Um, so, you know, even just the moment when she's like, try, she gets the vibrator out because she needs some sort of release and she's interrupted again. It's just all this sort of build of stress, 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 stress. Unfortunately, all the horror stuff in it does not work at all. It's not scary in the slightest. It's really, really boring. And when it does get there, the 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 the, the payoff or the climax or, or whatever you want to call it is so cheap and so um 
non-eventful. Um, the ending was horrible. I, I just, I, I didn't understand. I, I genuinely was a bit angry when the film ended. Like, I was genuinely sort of like, I've really just wasted a couple of hours of my life and I'm quite angry about it. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. It, I agree with Mark. It, it was terrible. I don't think I hated it quite as much as he did, but um, I I really was not happy with it and I cannot understand where the love is coming from on it at all. No, it, 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 it's it's an evil demon that can be kept in a basement with a few locks and an occasional <laughs> bowl of worms. Eating worms, yeah. Okay, now. Yes, terrifying. <laughs> My cats are braver than that. Uh, the, the idea of it, though, was fine. Like, I mean, I could have done with some kind of explanation as to where the book came from. I don't really know what that was about. Um, they mentioned at some point that she's a writer. So I was thinking, is it something that she sort of subconsciously created when she was in some sort of catatonic state? But they don't really they don't really do anything with that. They don't explain where it's come from. And when it starts off, just the idea of, a you know, a random boogeyman um, that sort of got a childish name. It's there's there's potential for something there, but I mean we've seen that type of thing a fucking million times before. But there is potential there, and they just don't do anything with it. The one sort of the one bit where you kind of get to see Mister Babadook and he sort of scuttles across the ceiling. I'm a fucker for scuttling, like, scuttling scares me. I've said this before, I can't remember where, but, like, just, it may have been on this podcast, I can't remember, but just, um, you know, stuff that scuttles around, I that freaks me out a little bit, but that one sort of, you know, big moment that they have where he sort of scuttles across the, the, the ceiling, it just did nothing for me. I was just sat there completely emotionless and just, like, I don't know. So, yeah, the, the horror in The Babadook just does not work for me on any level, so uh, pretty poor, really. Good. Well, bad that you had to sit through it, but good that you agree <laughs> with me. I was getting scared that nobody else did agree with me. <laughs> I mean, I've got I, you I, back. I so. as well, George um, uh, was talking, talking to me and Noel about it a few weeks back, and he was pretty much on that train as well, wasn't he? Just like, I don't yeah. see why people are all over this. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that actually as well, yeah. But but mainly because when George talks about movies on WhatsApp that I've not seen, I tend to just not read it because <laughs> because I was in, I knew I was intending to watch the Babadook, so I kind of don't like knowing other people's opinions before I go in, just because uh, I'm a fucking spoiler phobe. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, anything else you've caught this past week or so now? Um, fucking hell. I spent all day yesterday watching Transformers 4. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you really... Yeah, the thing is, he's not wrong no. as well, because I swear he WhatsApped me first about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and I think he just said, oh, I've got about 20 minutes left at about half six. Yeah, it just wouldn't fucking end. It just would <laughs> not end. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I did have to sort of pause it a couple of times to sort of feed charlie and do stuff with him and uh, you know but uh, but that was only a couple of times it is a fucking what is it two hours 45 minutes or something like that yeah, something like that yeah Ooh, jesus it, it's it is the most it is the most unnecessarily long film i have ever seen and i you know 
this is a real bugbear with me. I I like my films to be nine, between 90 minutes and two hours, preferably 90 minutes. I just do. I think that's, for the most part, that is usually the right length for a film. There is no reason why Transformers 4 needs to be that long. Like, there's no reason. And the 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 plot or the you know the story or whatever the fuck you want to call it 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 just it's really literally just people and machines bouncing from one situation to another there's really nothing there to stretch out for that kind of length um it probably suffered a little bit more with me because i was kind of drifting off at times and i was playing with charlie and not quite sort of as you know focused on everything as i should have been but it, it really, really dragged. Um, I don't have a huge problem with Michael Bay. I watched, uh, I, I, I mean, I know you didn't direct it, but the, the, the Ninja Turtles film the other week, that was fine. Um, I, I love Pain and Gain. I don't mind the other Transformers movies. I mean, I'd never watch any of them again, but I don't hate Michael Bay. Um, I just think that, this probably wouldn't be so bad if they just trimmed it a bit. If they got this managed to get this down to 90 minutes, it'd probably be all right. Um, compared to, I want to say, the second one at least, um, you know, at least it sort of makes sense. Like, the, yeah. the, the story makes sense, which helps. Um, but having said that, it is just kind of bowling from one situation to the next. And, you know, there's a there's a... a um, uh, there's an item that's being chased around and there's a bomb that's being chased around and so you know you've got that sort of hanging it all together but it's just really not enough for that kind of for that kind of length so um, yeah uh, un- unsurprisingly I wasn't a big fan of it but it's fucking Transformers 4 it's, it's they're just going to keep making these things aren't they so. I, I still I still maintain that it's an uh, worlds better than two and three. Uh, it, it's like it's still not a good film. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. It, it's it's way better than two and three. I mean, it's certainly better. Like, there's you you couldn't get any worse than the second one. The second one is yeah, just confusingly bad. It's just really confusingly bad, and you know, feels like they've tried to they've for some reason tried to complicate something that doesn't need to be complicated and i think there's still an element of that in this but um it it still kind of makes sense so you know at least on that level it's it's watchable i just wish i just wish it wasn't as long as it was you know Mm. but there you go cool anything else you've you've caught this week uh nah i've been catching up on telly and stuff unfortunately just uh i'm finding that tv slots into my uh my lifestyle a lot more than i used to the old me would be very unhappy with the new me <laughs> cool ian go on then uh smack us in the face with what you've been watching this week yeah i watched a bunch of st- stuff actually um nice. even though even though we've been painting the house i still managed to watch two films today and two films yesterday so i'm, I'm doing all right but uh so yeah, the the Disney Hercules was on Netflix, and Lottie was in the room, and she's starting starting to actually pay attention to what I'm watching now. So I try to stick on stuff that's actually appropriate for her being in the room. So yeah, Disney Hercules, which I'd never seen before, um, which I enjoyed. Um, James Woods gives a good bad guy performance. Danny DeVito gives good kind of like Mickey from Rocky performance as the. Uh, Hercules' trainer, and 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's not amazing, but I, I, I rather enjoyed it. Um, good songs as well, actually. Uh, rewatched Donnie Darko um, uh, uh, on Netflix as well, which, um, yeah, I hadn't seen Donnie Darko in years, and it's still brilliant. Um, great mix of kind of like weird Lynchian kind of small town darkness underneath the, the appearances, kind of mystery type stuff, and, uh, and comedy as well. Like, I, I find good spots of Donnie Darko legitimately funny um you know and it was the theatrical version I've, I've I think I've seen the director's cut once and I'll never watch that again but uh yeah I uh, really enjoyed Donnie Darko again on Netflix I watched uh Rumble in the Bronx for the first time <laughs> um which uh I, yeah I mean I actually again it's a, it's a great film I, I rather enjoyed it yeah I mean it, it, it's it's far it's fun for like the first hour or so and then it's just got the most batshit insane climax where Jackie Chan is basically getting chased by a hovercraft through New York. <laughs> um, and, and, and it then ends with Jackie Chan basically piloting the hovercraft and being allowed by the New York police to invade a golf course to take out the main bad guy and run him the fuck over. And then it just cuts to him high-fiving a bunch of people in the hovercraft. And then it just ends with a fucking, um, uh, with, oh, shit, what's it called? Uh, uh, not a split screen, a bloody, where it's just the, the screen Montage. stops. Well, oh, freeze frame. Freeze frame, freeze frame. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it just ends with a freeze frame of him high fiving. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was what I watched on Friday again with a few beers. So you know, perfection for that. Um, I also rewatched Twenty Two Jump Street, which fuck you, Noel. I still think it's the funniest film of the year. And um, I actually watched something on Amazon Instant Video because no, I, you didn't. I discovered that. Um, my Blu-ray player, which I'm actually planning on getting rid of to get an upgraded version of this Blu-ray player, actually has Amazon Instant Video. Um, and do you know what? They've, they've actually got a bunch of stuff on there that I'm actually in, interested in watching. So, hey-ho. Uh, Cuban Fury. Um, the, did, did you see this, Mark? No, I, 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 I've seen a trailer for it, and that's more than enough. Do you know what? I actually quite enjoyed it. Was um, it all right? like way more than I thought I was going to. I will say, I think Nick Frost's first like leading man comedy film vehicle, it's better than I think every single Simon Pegg leading man comedy vehicle. Like every single, what what has he done? Like Run Fat Boy Run, A Fantastic Fear of Everything, uh, Big Nothing, even though that was with David Schwimmer. How well, to lose uh, friends and alienate people? Oh yeah, it's better than that. Um, what's that? So, feels like we're missing a couple, don't it? Yeah, there's Hector and the Infinite. Oh uh, yeah, is that the most recent one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which the is Infinite Sadness. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard that. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I I quite enjoyed this. It's got a good little cast as well. I mean, Nick Frost is the lead. Uh, but you've got Chris O'Dowd as the kind of the smarmy bad guy, and he does that well. Rashida Jones is the love interest, which they they just about get away with just about. But you don't see the two of them actually kissing, and I think that's on purpose. Because mm. it would just be sweaty Nick Frost getting off with Quincy Jones' daughter, <laughs> and, and that would be just stretching things too much. 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Rashida Jones is Quincy Jones' daughter. Quincy I am not Jones sure. and Peggy Lipton from yeah. uh, Twin Peaks fame. Daughter. Really? Yeah. Fucking hell. There you go. You and she's now playwriting Toy Story 4. Yeah, yeah I heard that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so... Um, <laughs> Don't get me fucking started on Toy Story 4. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, um, and Ian McShane's in it as well as his, as his foul-mouthed trainer. Uh, Olivia Coleman's in it. Um, you know, it's it's actually and the guy, the, the phone jacker guy. I, I don't know what his name is, but he's in it and he's actually really good. Um, it's absolutely spot on for a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, it, it's really undemanding. Uh, but Nick Frost is a, a likable, warm screen presence. Um, the dance off fight between him and Chris O'Dowd is funny um you know the, the film made me laugh more than enough and uh yeah i mean it just it's 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 gentle comedy but with quite a lot of swearing and um you know nick frost dancing I, he actually looks pretty good doing it um there are obviously bits where it's not him uh basically whenever it cuts away and then cuts back it's obviously not him but there are also a lot of scenes where it's just it's just him dancing for a good period of time without a cut, and it and it looks and it's him. So you know, fair play to him. I yeah, I mean, it, it's not a, it's not a world changer or anything like that. But I I genuinely I actually would recommend Cuban Fury, and I kind of didn't think I would be saying that, but uh, hey, it, it worked for me. So well, it's yeah. it's on Netflix Canada, I think. So I think I might give it a watch there. You've got an Amazon Prime subscription, I know, but I don't want to use it. Oh, for fuck's sake. Actually, as you know, my Amazon Prime um, runs out, I think, in about a week's time. Um, and I'm not fucking renewing it. Yeah, do you know what? They're doing stuff in HD and 5.1 now. And, you know, it remembers your position when you leave stuff. And, I mean, it, it does pretty much do what Netflix does. But the the interface isn't quite as detailed. It's it's But... Then again, it's quite hard to actually get to specific stuff on Netflix unless you search for it. And yeah, yeah as an instance, kind of the same, really. But it's it's not nearly as bad a service as when it launched. I will say that. Yeah, I think my only problem with it is the 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 the, the UI for it is just uh, I, I, I don't know. I can't. I don't know what a good user interface is for for Netflix and for Amazon Prime and stuff like that, but nobody's come up with it yet, as far as I can see. Uh, Netflix on Apple TV. I've heard is, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is actually really. It's. I say it's really nice. It's really nice relative to what Netflix is like on everything else. Yeah. It, it, that, I did hear somebody. Say, I might. Maybe did you say it on this podcast or something? No, I, think, I know uh, my conscience stroke versus. Ah, that'll be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was talking about it, and that nearly made me. Basically, if you could use the Apple TV as a media player, i.e., I could plug my hard drive into it and play, play AVs and MKVs straight from that, I would have one already. But. Um, yeah, that nearly tipped me over into buying one actually, because the fucking the 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 way you have to navigate uh, Amazon Prime and uh, and Netflix is just it's horrible. It's really horrible. What's what's the difference with it then on on Apple TV then? It's I think um, it's I know one one difference is basically they show you everything. So um, because the way Netflix is, it's like a Netflix on everything else is like a shop window. Mm. So you actually, you know, if you search for certain things, you'll see things come up and you'll go, well, I didn't say, I've not seen that. I didn't know that was on Netflix. 
Well, apparently with the Apple interface, they, everything is just there on the front page. Even so. the even the uh, Windows 8 interface is probably better in some ways than the, for instance, the, I use it on a PS4 and I use it on uh, a smart box as well. Uh, the smart box is just fucking terrible. The PS4 is perfectly serviceable, but you can't search genres. Whereas mm. on the Windows one, if I'm using it on the laptop, um, I can search for action films i can search yeah. for do that if i could search genres just even genres on my ps4 with it i'd be infinitely happier well just normal genres though because yeah. on, on the, the sony uh the, the i've used it on my sony blu-ray player and on my wdtv live box as well and on both of the the, the, the i don't want it it's like you know french movies with a female that puts a banana up her ass or like do you know what I mean it's not like I just just give me action movies there's, there's some horror good movies. movies in that don't though, to be fair give me you are there's some good movies in that genre though. there is yeah <laughs> there's, there's quite a few uh, but I just want I just want normal categories I don't need crazy fucking random um, you know categories and and, and and a lot of the time the stuff that they say you know hard hitting cult films or whatever <laughs> yeah, and they're then, really not <laughs> so. yeah, I had one what was it the other day um, because you watched Tombstone and one of them was yeah. um, Phone Shop. What? <laughs> Seriously, phone sh- because I watched Tombstone, I might like Phone Shop. I, the, the way I do it, because I, I, I do search by genre, and I mean, the way I do it is um, my the Netflix on my iPhone is actually compatible with Chromecast. Mm. Uh, so I've, I've got my Chromecast, and I just stream it to that. And the thing is, Netflix on iPhone lets you search by genre. Yeah. So that 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 is the way I do it. I will, also, no, I will just ask: did, uh, Have you got US Netflix on your WDTV? Uh, yes, but I tend not to use the WDTV box anymore. So I've kind of cancelled. I cancelled the US fairly recently, oh, just because I don't, I don't use that box anymore. I just yeah. I don't like having tons of stuff in front of the TV, so I tend to just use Netflix on the Blu-ray player now. Oh, uh, and I can't. You can't. For some reason, Sony. I don't know if it's just the Sony Blu-ray player I've got, but in general, Sony Blu-ray players are a bit funny about um, using the Unblock US thing. Yeah. So that I can't get it to work. Oh, fair, fair. Cool. Uh, have you got anything else then this this week, Ian? Uh, no, I'm done. Cool. Uh, right, I'll, I'll quickly go through through what I've watched this week. Uh, I finally got around to watching uh, the Hunger Games, uh, mainly because um, Isabel really likes them and she wants us all to go to the cinema to watch uh, the um, recent one, well, well, the upcoming one. Um, so I became the, the last person uh, in the Western world uh, to watch the Hunger Games um, and thought it was all right, a bit long, Um uh, did you with... like when he used his cake making skills to hide himself? Uh, well, well uh, no, to be honest, I didn't. To be honest, I, I thought think that moment's fucking amazing in I... the worst way. I thought it's yeah, fucking. Funny I thought, though. hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, it is. That a, where did he get all of those bits from? <laughs> and B, surely he'll have just been out there for ages painting himself to just just hide, really, just fucking hide. In the amount of time he could have spent doing that, he could have found a better hiding place. It's a fair point. It wasn't even that good a hiding place. Because if someone had stepped on his face, he'd have gone out and they'd have gone, what? <laughs> Did that rock just talk? 
Uh, yeah, um, I, I also, it kind of lost me a little bit. I was more on board until they quite literally went, and here's a beastie. Uh, and I went, really? It's that easy? Apparently, in the books, those beasts are the, like, they're like the dead former competitors who have been genetically re-engineered into beasts or something mental like that. I seem to remember Dom telling me about that, and I kind of wish that happened here. Yeah, I would have, uh, I would have enjoyed that um, a lot more than than just than literally just I want a beastie and I want two beasties and three beasties and that was it. Uh, I, I I understand that, that apparently the second one's a lot a lot better, uh, and I I, and I I will definitely watch the next one. Um, and then I think is it the third one that's coming out in a couple of weeks? Yeah, it's next week. Cool. The second um, one is a bit better. The main problem I had with the first one was the fucking camera. It's very it, shaky, isn't oh, it? Oh god, very shaky. So unnecessarily shaky. Yeah, um, and I also uh, I watched Snowpiercer, um, which I've really enjoyed. Um, there's been a kind of like a big thing I think, which me, me and uh, Ian spoke about on last week's show about the whole what is it bit with Snowpiercer. But I think part of the thing is is people seem to have almost expected that it could have been billed as as like a blockbuster film. Yeah, Max Ren on Twitter, Stuart Barr, he was uh, he was saying much the same thing that like. The distributors are now say are thinking, oh, it could be a massive film because the internet's been bigging it up as that. Mm. When it wouldn't be, it wouldn't it, be. It, just, oh. it wouldn't be. It, it, it's it's very it, it, it's it's very much a a very strong film from uh, June Harbong, and it, it, there's a lot to it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I could definitely see me watching it again. But I. I wouldn't recommend it to the majority of people that I I know, to be honest. You know, it's not something that I'd recommend to the people that I work with or anything like that, because I know they'd come back to me and go, a bit fucking weird, wasn't it? I'll tell you what, though, Donna's not a film person in the slightest, and she really enjoyed it. I think there's, there's a lot to enjoy there. What I will say is once it got to the uh, towards the, the far end of the, the train and we were introduced to Wilfred, before I went through that door, I was thinking... Shit, Wilfred's got to be somebody that 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 has a certain amount of you know has to yeah has to fit that role. And as soon as it opened and it was uh, Ed Harris, I thought, oh, that makes so much sense. Uh, I wasn't a massive fan of the uh, of the ending, uh, to be honest, um, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and like I said last week, I, I would absolutely buy it on, on Blu-ray if it came out over here or when it comes out over, over here. Um, I've, I've had an insanely busy week, so I've actually not got to watch that much um, this week. But last night, uh, myself and Becky decided that we were going to have a peril at sea kind of marathon. Um, so we watched um, Ghost Ship. The... What? Gosh, it's a great film. It was it was the sound of what the fuck. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Ghost Ship more than once. No, more than more than twice, more than three times probably. Um, yes. And just to put out a little bit of context with this, I am terrified, like absolutely terrified of ships. Um, especially large-scale ships um, of all kinds. Um, they absolutely terrify me. So 
a horror movie, no matter how bad, or a peril movie, no matter how bad, which I'll come to, um, that has a big ship in it, will always have my interest uh, to some extent, because I just find them fascinating and terrifying. Um, and also, it, it, it's got um, Carl Urban in it, which is always great. Uh, so, Ghost Ship, the best bit of it is over in the first five minutes, because it's the the big kill where essentially they kill everybody in the first five minutes and then build a film around that principle. Um, it's stupid. It makes no sense. Uh, it thinks it's got much more to say than it actually has to say, but it's over in 85 minutes and it, for just cheap throwaway crappy horror, I actually really quite enjoy Ghost Ship every time I watch it. I should give Ghost Ship a go. You should. It, it seems like the type of thing I'd get a kick out of. I can't believe I'm not seeing it. Do you know what? I say it's 85 minutes. Yeah. It's ridiculous, but it, it's it's a, it's fun. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we watched after that. We watched Poseidon. No, <laughs> not the Poseidon adventure. The the good version of this of this story. The 2006 Wolfgang Peterson uh, film starring Kurt Russell. Josh Lucas, uh, Emma Rossum, uh, Richard Dreyfus, and for a brief period, Kevin Dillon in full douchebag mode. Does that um, make you like the sixth and seventh people to have seen that film? Then? Again, I've seen Poseidon more than once. Well, uh, nobody watched Poseidon when it came out. <laughs> no, they didn't. But what I will say, and this feeds back at something you were saying earlier, no. The reason why Transformers is two hours and 45 minutes long is that filmmakers now who make blockbuster movies feel like they have to justify the amount of money they've made by it being over two hours long. They didn't with Poseidon. Because let's be honest, for instance, Transformers 2 is a shit movie. And that was still, what, two hours 20, was it? Uh, it was about three days long, I think. Yeah. Poseidon cost $160 million in 2006. So a fuck ton of money, right? 98 minutes, right? And that includes credits. It is fucking here and gone in 90 minutes. And yes, it's crap. But is it any crapper than Transformers 2? No. Does it have a great big boat turning over? Yes. Does that terrify me? Yes. Has it got Snake Plissken in it? Yes. Also, still can't understand why Josh Lucas has never been a bigger star than he actually is, because he's actually charismatic as fuck. Poseidon is crap, but is it more enjoyable than watching Transformers hit each other for two and a half hours? Yes. Yes, it is. It sounds like Poseidon, basically, it's 98 minutes because it knows that it's not important, and that's kind of the... I place a lot of the blame with the the, the, the Lord of the Rings films. There's this yeah, sort of... and the Harry the, Potter ones. Yeah, but I mean, since the Lord of the Rings films came out, there's this sort of perception of importance yep. coming with length. So, I mean, you know, we all know because our girlfriends have all told us, told us that length is not important. Um, but for some reason, Hollywood seems to think, all right, if, if we need to make a statement, if we need to say this is our new movie and it's big and it's, it's look how important it is, then it's, yeah, make it two and a half hours long, which yeah. is madness. It, it's the most, I don't know, you would think that Hollywood would be the other way around and would be thinking, 
more carefully about how many times they can show a film in a day. So I just, I don't know. I don't know what the thought process is behind it, but it needs to stop. It, it, it is ridiculous. I mean, you know, Poseidon is, is you know, it, it's a good kind of barometer of that in the sense that, yes, it's not very good, don't get me wrong, but how many blockbusters out there that are two and a half hours are not very good? There is quite a few. Um, but, yeah. Um, however, I will say one other thing about Poseidon. I did spend a lot of it turning around to uh, Becky and going, kind of wish that kid would die because he's really irritating me. And then it, it, I was hit by this thing of, oh, shit, I need to stop doing this. <laughs> so, yeah. It, so, do you know what I'd help, though? What I'd help if they just didn't put kids in films? Then I wouldn't have to hope they die. See? Oh, you've upset. Marty, Marty See, now thought that, Marty thought that was funny. <laughs> right. Um, Sorry. So that, that's, that's, that's all I've been watching. So, um, right. We're going to get into, uh, now, we're going to play you a trailer uh, for uh, the first part of our um, De Niro, De Niro, DiCaprio, no, uh, Scorsese, your marathon uh, of unsung Scorsese movies with these 1985 comedy After Hours. And, and I'm sure Noel probably wants to get off now, because... Uh... <laughs> Yes, you um, know what? I will look forward to listening to this bit of the show on my way to work. Yes, we're going to say you. bye to Noel. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Fantastic. Thanks for having me, gents. Bye. Adventuresinvhs.uk.org. Adventuresinvhs.ac.org.com. Adventuresinvhs.net. Never. All right, cheers, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Why don't you just go home? I've been asking myself that one all night long. So what happened? Why can't you? I met this girl tonight, okay, in a coffee shop. I feel like something incredible is really going to happen here. <laughs> so when I got home, I gave her a call. On the cab on the way down here, all my money flew out the window. I didn't really get along with her that well. What's the matter? I said, I want to see a plaster of Paris bagel and cream cheese paperweight. Now cough it up. So I left. Tiki! So, I haven't got enough money to get home until I meet this bartender who wanted to lend me the money. That's all right. That's all right. Forget it. Forget it. That's all right. Good boy. So I go back to the girl's apartment, but her roommate's really pissed off at me for the way I treated her friend. This the guy? Hi. So I march right in there to apologize. Come on! But she'd already killed herself. I was too late. Oh, wow. Lighten up! What is this? I'm in big trouble. I mean, big trouble. Now, this part, you're going to say, oh, you're lying to me. Don't lie to me. But it's true. Mohawk this guy. I couldn't believe that. It's him. Tell him. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. I got to tell who you didn't do what. Help. 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 Call the police. What's with you? Are you nuts or something? Luckily, there was this girl who saw the whole thing. You're dead, pal. I'm what? So now she's the one in the Mr. Softy ice cream truck who's trying to kill me. They're all trying to kill me. I mean, I just wanted to leave. You know, my apartment, maybe meet a nice girl. And now I've got to die for it, you know? What do you want from me? What have I done? I'm just a word processor, damn it. Is that all they After hours, when anything can happen, and usually does. Is that unbelievable or what? That's all they
Okay, you heard a trailer there for um, Martin Scorsese's 1985 comedy After Hours. It doesn't star Leonardo DiCaprio. It doesn't star Robert De Niro. It does, however, uh, star Griffin Dune, Rosanna Arquette, uh, John Hurd, Catherine O'Hara, a.k.a. Kevin McAllister's parents, uh, Will Patton, uh, Martin Scorsese himself. Uh, we've also got Dick Miller in there. Uh, I think we've got Cheech and Chong as well, uh, as a few kind of other familiar faces. Film uh, is the story of uh, Paul Hackett, who is a word processor, uh, who meets um, Marcy, played by Rosanna Arquette, in a cafe. Um, gets talking to her. She says that he should uh, that she's going to meet a friend, uh, played by uh, Linda uh, Fiorentino, um, and says, "Would she like? Would he like to buy a, a plaster of Paris paperweight that resembles a cream cheese bagel?" Um, he says that he would. She gives him the number. Later on, he calls it. She invites him round. And then his night just takes bizarre twist after bizarre twist. Ian, uh, was this your first watch after hours? Or had you seen it before? I had seen it before, had yeah. Seen it before. Yes, uh, so have I. Uh, but it was a number of years ago. I mean, I, I would probably watch this uh, in the mid-90s, I would say. Um, the last time I watched it, I watched it on VHS, funnily enough. Um, so, Ian, um, what did you think uh, of After Hours? Yeah, I, I will just say, if you can hear Lottie in the background, she's not dying. She just had a bath and she's getting changed and she doesn't like getting changed. Anyway, um, just just in case you're wondering if I'm murdering my child. Um, so, yeah, After Hours, I, 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 I saw this for the first time. It was definitely while I was working as a projectionist in Bristol. So that would have been between 07 and 2010. So it's been a while. Um I just I, I remember watching it on the, the bus to work one day, so that's how I remember that. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoy After Hours actually. Um, I I watched it uh, this morning, so I was more awake than I was for Starry Eyes. Um, and th- the thing is, I mean, it's it, it it's a really interesting look into where Scorsese's mind was at at the time. Yeah. Where it's got like a frenzied energy but with, like, a really high sense of anxiety at the same time. And it it feels like it's going to, like, have its own nervous breakdown at pretty much any moment, like, once you get past the first half hour or so. And it's just... It's uncomfortable, yet it's still really watchable, I find. Um... And, I mean, you know, Griffin Dunn in the, in, in the lead role, I think he's really interesting because he is an everyman, but he's also, you know, a, a bit of a jerk who's doing certain things in the film for very selfish reasons. But then whenever he tries to kind of make amends, things just fuck up on him. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's this weird, surreal waking nightmare of a film which uh i i i i'm rather i'm rather taken with i must say yeah like i say it's been a number of years since, since i'd last watched it and and you know i i looked through his um through scorsese's sort of filmography um you know when i came up with the idea for, for sort of doing this and sort of very much sort of thought right well i want to do something that I want to pick out these these movies, and I, I picked the ones a little bit that I'd watched kind of at the least because 
I've seen all, pretty much everything he's done, but I've, I've watched over the years, I've watched things like Taxi Driver, Raging Bull and King Comedy and, and films like that um, numerous times, uh, whereas I, I always looked at it and thought, you know, I think I've only watched After Hours once. Um, and I thought, well, I, I remember kind of enjoying it uh, at the time. I, I was struck straight away with this film. Like I say, it, it's strange when you look at where Scorsese was at the time. Um, and he really, he kind of, he needed a bit of a hit. You know, he, yeah. it's, you know, Taxi Driver, Mean Streets was, was a hit, but and made a decent amount of money for its budget. Same for Taxi Driver. New York, New York, for all intents and purposes, have been a bit of a flop. Um, Raging Bull didn't make all its money back, but was, you know, lauded. Um, King of Comedy, when you look at it there, you've got to sort of say that movie, you know, although it's found a renaissance, it was a flop. This was a $20 million movie nearly, and it, it grossed. King of Comedy is so fucking good, though. So it is, yeah. And it is, and it, 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 for a long time, it was considered a little bit like his last chance. And then After Hours came along, and it was Scorsese seemingly doing something. And next week, when we cover Colour Money, it, 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 it's seemingly done that same thing. Of him doing a project that wasn't as much of a passion project, it was just something that you saw a script for and thought, yeah, I'd like to do that. And Burton dropped out, and Scorsese then filled in. Uh, and it was kind of you know mid budget at, at, i think like five million and it, it made a decent amount of money it made some money back but it's it's from the first opening of it i was just struck by how scorsese it is though like the roving camera yeah and you go in yeah, straight yeah. away but my worry of going back to it was i remembered I remember that it was all one night. I love all one night films. Uh-huh. And I remember that. But I thought, what I'm worried is that I don't recognise this as a Scorsese movie. And within the opening credits, it's like, oh, no, fucking hell, no. It, it's still a Scorsese movie. And from there, I just felt, as much as it going, this is just wonderful as a movie to watch. It's just great because there's so many of these Martin Scorsese things. And I think you're right. It, it, it does have that, that frenetic kind of energy of a filmmaker just going, I want this. And there's, there's a lot of, um, of those kind of tracking shots and bits like that and swooping cameras moving around, but there's a lot of speeding things up and then yeah, stopping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that just all works really well. And it's genuinely funny. And the characters are a great character. And like you say, he isn't every man, but he has the propensity to be a jerk, but he also has a propensity to notice that he's being a jerk very quickly. But then be a jerk again two minutes later without even giving a shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's the thing. I mean, he's he's a character who you know, if things are going well, then he's perfectly alright. But if things aren't going well for him, then he, he he can just be a dick. And I mean, you have got that scene where he basically it's kind of like the moment that Rosanna Arquette um, snaps and he's, he's you know, he kind of goes off on her talking about the uh, the paperweights and, you know, he wants to see the paperweights. Where are the paperweights? Are they in Kiki's bedroom? Well, I want to see them now. You know, it's like it, things like that where he's being kind of almost unnecessarily mean. Yeah. Um, and, it, it, but it, it, again, it kind of captures the, you know, like... Uh, uh, like Dick Miller actually says in the film, you know, it's after hours. Uh, the, the, you know, the, there are the, the rules are different. You know, it, it just it's 
capturing that I'm not too sure what's going on here. It's late. I'm out of sorts and I'm just going to snap kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, the, the interactions with the women in the film, it's almost like it is, is all of this stuff actually happening in reality or is it almost like some of it's heightened and playing out in his head? Like the, um, uh, you know, the Terry Gar character, she, you know, the, the sixties beehive girl, it, it, you know, she's, really quite intense and then you've got the Catherine O'Hara a character who's kind of intense but in a mean-spirited kind of way um and it's I, I don't know like the idea of how much of this is actually going on how how much how much of it is a, is a dream I think has got a kind of an interesting concept and especially with the you know the, the almost kind of dream logic you get at the end where he gets paper mache'd up and then Cheech and Chong steal him and then you, you know they, they like he falls out of their their van and it just so turns out out it's at his like office gates you know if, if things like that where it's almost like it kind of makes sense in the moment but when you actually look at it it's like well how the fuck did that happen yeah it's, it's one of those great little moments that i think it was um they, they filmed kind of several um, different uh, endings to the film i think oh, really? uh with with the ending there uh yeah um and they ended up deciding on that in the end uh, for some reason. I think it was something to do with... Um, it was... I think it was Michael Powell came up with uh, the idea. Of uh, Peeping Tom? Yeah. Um, I think he came up with the idea. I'm sure I read somewhere uh, that he came up with the idea that... Because um, there was always a thing they they'd steal him in the paper mache thing. But uh, I think it was his idea that um, they'd take him back to work and he'd end up falling off just outside his own work and then he'd just go in and sit down at work mm. and that'd be it. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's just it's the way that it just goes from weirder to weirder to weirder, uh, his night, and everything just bounces round. But you never start... You, you always feel like a tinge of sorry for him, but then he does things like... Like instead of just saying to the the guy in the uh, diner, um, like I just want to use your bathroom and leaving, or just going out and doing the I'm just gonna go out to my car and put another quarter in, he actually asks for some food, and it's like you didn't need to do that. You're just being yeah. a jerk now. Um, and there's there's so many little bits like that, and they all kind of feed into each other and it just creates this this wonderful trip that you go on with this guy throughout the night and like I say it, it, it really does feel like like a Scorsese movie yeah no I mean it, 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 it absolutely does it just it it doesn't have that kind of singular character focus that a lot of um, Scorsese's films do, do in the 80s did in the 80s I mean you, you do have Griffin Dunn kind of giving like monologues and whatnot through the film but it's just the the nature of the beast the way it bounces about so much it it, it doesn't quite have that you know you wouldn't say that uh this this guy is anywhere close to like travis pickle or rupert Pup Pup no. or i mean christ even like even de niro's character in cape fear or something like that you know it's um it's it, 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 it just it's not that focused but it, it's kind of like all over the place sprawlingness is is the thing for this film. Yeah, absolutely, and it, it's. I think it 
he he is basically the, the person who introduces you to all these strange characters that you get in in Soho after hours. Yeah, and and it, it's that it's kind of a world that he's he's aware of but he's not kind of used to and he gets introduced to you know like you say um with Terry Gar you know her she's offbeat and a little bit unhinged and then um Catherine O'Hara who has an ice cream truck <laughs> and it's it's there's, there's so much weirdness going on he's just getting caught up on it and all that, he wants to do is go home i mean that's that's where like the dream logic for it comes in for me though the fact she's got the ice cream truck it just like weirdly it kind of makes sense in the spirit of the night but it doesn't make when you're talking about it now it's just like oh yeah that's weird and you know the 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 nightclub where there's a back room where there's just a you know the woman who's always sitting there she's got a back room where she just does paper mache yeah you know and, and then like the idea of well you know that really there are two people like Linda Fiorentino and that woman both doing paper mache that look exactly the same. What? Yeah. You know, it, it's and, and yeah, I mean, like I I don't think that's a fault of the narrative. I think that's very much intended, and it's it's awesome for it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, I mean, let's be fair. This is the guy uh, Joseph Minion who also wrote uh, Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. So. You know, he he's, he has a way of writing slightly offbeat, twisted things. Fuck! I need to give Vampire's Kiss a rewatch again soon. That film's amazing. Yes, that is a that's a he- another head fuck of a movie. Where there's there is a certain amount of sort of I, I suppose fantasy and dream logic within that as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, but I mean, have you got any much more to go on after hours? I think I'm I'm pretty much to, to the the end of it really. Nah, mate. Nah, I mean unless we were going to get balls deep into individual scenes. I mean, I'm I'm happy to say very definitely not. Shit. Yes, very definitely not shit. You know, it's probably not even my in my top five of Scorsese, but it's still like a nine out of ten. So yeah, yeah it, it, it's insane. What I will say is. Uh, I, after hours will definitely be one of those. I'll be I'll be picking up and watching um, probably a lot more often than than uh, than once every twelve years or something like that. I felt I felt like that after rewatching King of Comedy earlier again this year, but like it's King just Comedy's like that, that that one's going into rotation. Yeah, that exactly after hours it will be in my without question my my constant rotation now. Uh, probably get watched once a year or something like that. I think I, it'll be a good late night. I've got home. I'm a little bit drunk, but I'm I, I, I'm easily sober enough to watch a movie kind of movies. I, I like the American Werewolf in London reference as well. Yes. Yeah, uh, oh, is there a full moon out or something? Uh, yeah, I just yeah, good stuff. Yes, yeah, that was that was that was a, that was a nice chuckle moment. Uh, right um so next week uh, we'll be covering uh the color of money um i'm very much looking forward to rewatching this one yeah i might do the hustler again this week as well, i actually. think i might do the hustler again just just yeah. out of pure i feel like i have to yeah ocd i suppose it will, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll be uh, next week's. But really, thoroughly enjoyed uh, After Hours. Uh, if you've either not seen it or you've not seen it for a number of years, um, it, it is absolutely worth catching up with. Fucking right. Uh, questions. Uh, we have a couple. Um, the first one is from the Ginger Prince TGP seventy three, which is what's your favourite Carry On film? Never seen one. Sorry. Have you not? No, I, I I've seen a, a fair few. Um, 
the one that sticks with me most uh, would be Carry On Spying, uh, the 1964 one, uh, which riffs heavily, obviously, on, on Bond uh, as a character. Um, it's one of those ones where it was... It's always one, I probably remember it terribly, but it, it seemed to be tr- less... Um, camp wink wink and a little bit more sort of satirical and I, I, I enjoyed that about it uh, it's not a series I visit that, that often because I have a bit of a um, films that are overtly uh, wink wink kind of great on me a little bit um, so they're not a series I dip into but I have actually seen quite a few of them to be honest uh, because I was made to watch them when I was young um, on like Sunday mornings and stuff like that um, and we've also got one from uh, Rich Kid, Rich J Kid. Uh, you have to recast the original Star Wars trilogy with current actors who would you have playing who oh fuck me I didn't see this um, Star Wars I, 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 and because I've, I've only seen it a certain amount of times I've actually got to bring up a list for the characters to be honest okay uh Uh, Ryan Gosling is Han Solo. I haven't gone for Gosling. I've gone for a different Ryan. Reynolds. Reynolds, yeah. Oh, no. Um, fuck. So is Luke. You need someone a little bit wet behind the ears, as Luke, don't you? That's the thing. You uh, need to be a little, bit, a little bit wet, but somebody who isn't going to grate on you that much. Fuck. Uh, I, I, I'm going to throw it in. Um, only because I've seen him a little bit in, and I didn't like Bates Motel. But Freddie Highmore. Oh, shit, that's not a bad shout, actually. Uh, I, I think could pull it off. He's got that naivety, but then it, it, that he could, you, you could get that he could sort of go on to something. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. Um, Princess Leia. Princess Leia. Um. They'd probably end up fucking casting Chloe Grace Moretz in it, but I I, I wouldn't agree with it. Um... I think fucking um, Elizabeth Olsen wouldn't be that bad a shout, actually. Like, yeah, I could see that, yeah. she's She's got a good bit of character to her, but you could also you could also see someone seeing her as the damsel in distress, even if she's not. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I could, I could definitely get behind that. I could see that working. Uh, Obi Wan. Okay. It's a strange one you see because the thing is, is the one that's jumping into my head wouldn't be able to cast in it as Obi Wan. Yeah, neither would neither would the one that just jumps in my head. Who was yours? Timothy Spall. Yeah, no, I don't think you can get that. Mine's, mine's Liam Neeson. Oh, well, no, fair enough. Yeah. Timothy <laughs> Spall was just... I, I was picturing him dressed as Mr. Turner as Obi-Wan Kenobi, and it just made me laugh. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Liam, yeah, Liam Neeson. Yeah, he couldn't have oh, it. God, you'd be looking for someone similar. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, you need someone with that kind of... that gravitas, but can also... Play quite serious. I'm out. Sorry, I'm out. I'm out with that one as well. I'm out with with, with Obi Wan. I can't. 
I can't picture somebody. I, I'm trying to picture it going. Well, who could kind of get that that Alec Guinnessness of it? And I can't. But you, we we all know they end up fucking picking Hopkins. Yeah, that'd be depressing. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, but they would do. Um, right. Who else have we got? Who would who would voice Darth Vader? I'm gonna have to go in a minute. By the way, um, voice Darth Vader, James Earl Jones. Would you, would you still get James Earl Jones to do it? Yeah, of course I would. Right. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. Yeah, I get behind James Earl Jones or Paul Giamatti. <laughs> oh, have you ever seen that YouTube video where someone's cut uh, Alan Schwarzenegger uh, quotes in as uh, as Darth Vader? Oh, but that sounds pretty good. Google Google Schwarzenegger Darth Vader. Honestly, it's fucking marvellous. Nice. Uh, right. Um, what are we covering next week, Ian? Uh, all right. Well, the the kind of the big release next week is Hunger Games, but you've also got what uh, what we do in the shadows. All right. Uh, the um, the Jermaine Clement um, vampire comedy thing. Yeah. Ah, I'd prefer to do that because it gives me a chance to catch up on um, to catch up on the Hunger Games ones. Nice, yeah. I mean, because I, I don't know. Apparently, that you know that that, that film's getting some bloody brilliant reviews. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm bang up for that actually. Yeah, I'm up for that. Let's give that a go. Uh, and we'll also be covering Colour of uh, Money as well. Um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, Dudemonkey at gmail.com. Um, at Dudemonkey at Ian Loring at Dudefoz. Ian, anything else to add? Um, good, man. Nice one. Cool. That was episode 88, and we shall be back next week. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers, guys.